If you brought your Bibles, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We want to look at one verse in 2 Timothy 3 and then look at John 15, 2 Timothy 3. I'm going to share with you a sermon that I've entitled this morning, The Reality of Persecution. The Reality of Persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll look at verse 12. The Reality of Persecution. God's Word says, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ, Jesus, shall suffer persecution. One translation says it this way, Yea, and all that will live godly lives in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, if you will, look at the book of John, John chapter 15, and we want to pick up reading with verse 18. John chapter 15, verse 18. God's Word says, And if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Verse 19 in John 15. And if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have not kept my saying, they will not keep yours also. Verse 21. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not, uh, they had, not had sinned, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now have they both seen and hated both me and my Father. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witnesses because you have been with me from the beginning. The reality of persecution. It's estimated that around our world that 322 Christians die each month. That's nearly 11 people a day. 11 Christians a day. And so today, when we leave and we go home from church, it's very likely that someone in the world went to church and they didn't make it home. Christians are suffering persecution. You might say that persecution is global. It's worldwide. We find persecution in all, uh, all over Africa, all over the Middle East, all over Asia, the Pacific Islands, Central America, and South America. And so notice in this passage of Scripture, I'm going to share about three things with you. First of all, Jesus anticipated persecution. If you'll notice in verse 18, there in chapter 15, verse 18 says, If the world hates you, 
You know that it hated me before it hated you. So Jesus anticipated persecution. Now the opposite of love is hate. And so in the previous verses leading up to chapter 15, the Lord had been encouraging His disciples to love one another. It's very important that we love one another. One reason that our love is, is such an imperative for each other is because of the hatred of the world toward the Lord and for those that follow Him. My goodness gracious, we know the, we know the world hates us, so why shouldn't we love each other as believers more and more and more? That should be an imperative, and God wants it to be an imperative. And so if you look at verse 18, if the world hated you, you'd know that if it hated me before it hated you. So the Lord introduces an expectation to his followers. You have this expectation. What's the expectation? Expect the world to hate you. Expect those who are without Christ to hate you. Don't think it's strange for someone who's not a believer to dislike you or to hate you or to disagree with you. So Jesus anticipated persecution first. He was not surprised by it, therefore, nor should we be surprised by it. Notice Jesus said in verse 20, He says, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sin, they'll keep yours. And Jesus said, They've persecuted me. Doesn't surprise me about persecution, nor should it surprise you if they've persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. He said, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So the point is, you don't need to be surprised by persecution. We can expect hostility by being a Christian. Don't be surprised when someone's hostile to you at the workplace or in school or in, in wherever you may, in the grocery store or wherever you may be shopping or knocking on the door. If they're hostile to you, expect that because they were hostile to him. And people's attitude toward the Lord will determine their attitude toward us. If they're loving toward the Lord, they're going to be loving toward us. But if they're without that Christ-like love, they're not going to have Christ-like love toward us. And so Jesus anticipated persecution. He says, don't be surprised by it when it comes. And we shouldn't be, although we are from time to time. Did you know that it was, it was just a year ago today uh, that the persecution took place in First Baptist Church, Sutherland Springs, Texas, where 26 people in First Baptist Church, Sutherland Springs, was gunned down about this time <clears throat> last year. Even this past week or more recent, uh, there was uh, persecution uh, uh, in, in Egypt where Christians were killed. And so don't be surprised by it. Jesus said, it's because they, the, the hate they have for me, they have that hate toward you. So Jesus anticipated persecution. Jot this down. What's the reason for persecution? We have to anticipate it, but what's the reason for it? I'm going to list two reasons. First of all, the world hates God's people because they're indifferent to them. We're followers of Jesus Christ. We're Christos. We're Christians. We're those that... Remind them of Christ. We're disciples of Jesus Christ. We are Christians. We are Christ followers. 
And so the world hates God's people because we're different. We're Christ's followers. Look at verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, you're different. You and I are different. And so the Lord Jesus was different from others. He was different from, from other men. He was sinless. He made no mistakes. He never failed. Uh, he spoke the truth without fear. He, he refused to compromise uh, with, uh, in regards to moral evil. He refused to compromise in regards to doctrinal error. He refused to compromise in regards to personal hypocrisy. He called hypocrites exactly what they were. They were hypocrites. And so he refused to compromise, and then he exposed the corruption of the day, not in, only in the Roman government, but also in the church. He was different. He was different. He was different, and because he was different, they hated him, and they will hate us because we're different if we follow Christ. They hate us, too, if we're different, as he was different. And so Jesus said, the world hates you because you're different. Secondly, the world hates you because of ignorance. Ignorance. Look at verse 21. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. They're ignorant. They don't know the Lord. They don't know God. So please remember that, that most of the persecution of Christ, if you remember, most of the persecution of Christ uh, and His church in previous years, and e even today, was ma mainly came about because of religious people. You get that in the Muslim nation today. Those people in the Muslim nations are being persecuted by those who say they have this religion called the Islamic religion. And so most of the persecution in times past and even today was performed by religious people. That's true today. And see, just because people are religious, and since, since in their, you know, they, they have this sincere belief in, in, in their faith and in their doctrine and in their practice, that doesn't mean they know God. Uh, there are a number of secular religions today that reject Christ and reject his followers. So just because they're religious and there's a secular religion there doesn't mean they know God. Just remember behind all of Christ rejecting religion is this being by the name of Satan. Remember that. Remember, he kind of masquerades as an angel of light. And the Bible says he's the father of lies and he's the deceiver from the beginning. He's behind of all the persecution. Behind all of it. You go back to Adam and Eve. Go back to the garden. Go back to, to Adam and Eve and their two sons, Cain and Abel. And there you find where Abel had the first false religion. He thought he could make peace with God by presenting the, the first fruit of the land. He thought he could make peace with God by his self-effort, by good works. He had no blood, he had no cross, he had no lamb, he had no Christ, he had no truth in his religion. And then he discovered that 
Abel's religion was accepted by God while his was rejected by God. And when he discovered his brother was accepted by God, Cain was furious and saw he, so he, he slew his brother Abel. And there you have the first persecution on planet earth when Cain slew his brother Abel because his religion was not accepted by God. And that's the religion of this world. Jesus said, they have not known me, or they have not known him that sent me. Jesus said, you are persecuted because you are my followers, and then you're persecuted because out of ignorance of those who don't know who sent me. So Jesus anticipated persecution, and then the reasons is because we're followers of God and the world does not know God. Jot this down, number three, I jotted this. How are we to prepare for persecution? Now, according to the Bible, persecution is coming. Second uh, Timothy, jot down Second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three. I'm going to read verse twelve. It says, "Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution." So we know that if you're going to live a godly life, I'm going to live a godly life, we're going to do what? We're going to suffer persecution. So the question is, how are we to prepare for persecution? As a believer, we know it's coming. And I personally believe that since we've experienced so little persecution in this country, that uh, when under pressure, I believe that many are going to deny Christ. Um, you know, uh, you, you reflect back into the Bible, and, and you can, sometimes you, you can recall Peter. And Peter was one that shouted the loudest, Lord, I'll go with you, I'll go to, with you, I'll go into prison, I'll go with you even unto death. And then he denied Christ. So oftentimes, those who shout the loudest about their faith, they surrendered the soonest. And that's what Peter did. So what do we do, knowing that persecution is inevitable? Matthew chapter 24. Listen to this passage. Matthew 24, verse 9, says this. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. It's coming. And they shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Ephesians chapter 6. Let me look at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse uh, 13 pertaining to uh, uh, persecution. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Real quick, I'm going to list you five things you need to know about withstanding persecution. Number one, make sure of your relationship with God. Not that you think you're saved, you hope you're saved, you think you're going to heaven, you might be going to heaven, but one thing you better make sure of when persecution comes, that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you've been saved. So first of all, make sure of your relationship with God. Amos saw the day of judgment approaching, and he warned Israel. He says, prepare to meet your God. You know, we prepare for a lot of things. We prepare for marriage. We prepare, we prepare for, 
you know, our children to come after we're married. We prepare for their college. We prepare for, uh, you know, some way job training. You know, we got severe storms coming in tomorrow and tomorrow night or Tuesday, and we're probably making plans for that. But, you know, prepare when you see the storm clouds gathering. Make your preparation. Have you prepared for that, this persecution? And so it's time. It's time to get serious. It's time for repentance. It's time for faith. Have you been to the cross? Do you know Jesus Christ personally? Do you have a personal relationship with Him? Has your past been forgiven? Have you come to Him by faith, confessing that you're a sinner, receiving Jesus Christ and His forgiveness for sin, trusting Him and Him only for your salvation? Judgment is fast approaching, so you need to make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. First thing before persecution Secondly, walk with God in your daily life. Walk with God. Walk with Him like Abraham. Abraham walked with God. The Bible says that he, was, he walked with God and, and he was a friend of God. Walk with God like Moses. Moses walked in the desert for 40 years. Walk with God, really. And then judgment fell upon Egypt. And God sent Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt. He walked with God and God used him in a mighty way. David walked with God as a shepherd boy and defeated this giant Goliath and the Philistines. Went on to become king of Israel. Daniel walked with God while he was in Babylon. He and his friends, he and his friends were persecuted because they, they prayed to, their, to the one true God. Daniel was thrown into a, a lion's den, but yeah, God met him there. God was there. The point is, if you don't strengthen the inner man, if you don't strengthen the inner woman daily by walking with God, when a crisis comes, you won't have strength to stand, regardless if it's persecution or whatever crisis you're going through. If you're not walking with Christ, you won't have strength to stand whatever you're going through. So, walk with God. Third thing you need to do to prepare is pray always. Fortify yourself, build up yourself in prayer. The early church, the early Christians, they knew the value of prayer. If you remember, prayer preceded every major triumph. Paul and Silas was in jail. They prayed. The prison cell was open. They prayed. The Philippian jailer was saved. He and his household. Peter, John, there at Pentecost, they prayed. A thousand people came to know Christ. Every major thing that happened in the lives of the early church it was preceded by prayer. It just didn't happen. They didn't pray afterwards. I'm sure they did, but they prayed prior to it, and God worked in their midst, so pray always. Fourth, meditate on Christ. Meditate. Charles Spurgeon, I found this quote from him, says this. He says, There have never been 15 minutes in my life. Now listen. He says, There have never been 15 minutes in my life when I did not sense the presence of God. And, and he, what he's meaning is meditating on God during the day. Thinking of God during the day. When we were in the, my dad had the scout troop, and, and we had the 12 points of the scout law, and we'd start our, our scouting, our scout meeting open with reciting the 12 points of the scout law. And then we'd, we'd cite the, uh, the, the, uh, the motto, the scout motto, be prepared. And then we'd close with the last verse of the 19th Psalm. Never will forget it. It says this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. 
And what are you meditating upon? Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. And so if you, 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 you Christ says, you, Christ must be vitally real to us if we're going to have power in a time of persecution. We have to prove our loyalty to Him in the hour of crisis. And one way we do that is by meditating on Him. So the question as we close, will you stand? Will you follow? If no one else will, will you be willing to? Or will you deny Christ when the persecution comes? You know, we live in the most powerful nation that's ever been on the face of the earth. There's never been a nation that is, that's ever been more powerful as this nation. None has ever existed. But today you can put your trust in armed might, or you can put your trust in Almighty God, one or the other. The point is, history reveals that mechanical and material might are insufficient when a crisis comes in your life. It's all about God. So we need the inner strength that comes from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Make sure you have a relationship. Jesus said, Jesus anticipated persecution. The reasons of persecution, the world hates us because we're different. The world hates us because they're ignorant. They don't know God. And how we're to prepare for persecution. Make sure of our relationship. Walk with God. Pray always. Meditate. And be willing to stand for Him. And you will never regret it, my friend. You will never regret it. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity that we have to come together today and just kindly focus Lord, about the persecution that uh, is in distant places, but also close to us. And so we pray now that we've made up our mind, we've been determined to follow you. And so, Father, I pray for every person here today, those who have never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, I pray today that they'd come simply by turning from sin, turning to this person by the name of Jesus Christ, Receiving Him, trusting Him, and only Him for their salvation. Believing that He came and He died on the cross for their sins. He was buried, He arose again. And by Him coming forth from the dead to show power that He has the ability and the power to raise our mortal bodies one day. And Lord, we'll be with Him forever and forever. Thank you, Lord, for our time together as we reflect on this passage, help us to prepare for when persecution comes. We know it's coming. Help us to be ready. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.